It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. It's your host, the real Ed Oliver. I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today we have special guest NBA draft guru, part of the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast as well. Sam Ferris, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. We are two weeks exactly from the draft, so it's heating up. And uh, excited about it. So I think we got a, a fun topic to hit on today with the Wizards slated to pick it at 10. So exciting time of the year for for Wizards fan, hopefully. Definitely. Hopefully they're yeah. not sick of picking in the lottery. <laughs> yeah. We uh, got pick nine with Denny and Rui, pick 15 yep. with Corey. You know, we made the playoffs that time. But, um, yeah, we just keep getting that 15th or ninth pick of the yep. draft. We're in basketball purgatory right now. Yep. <laughs> um, but you can follow Sam on, at Draft Dummies on Twitter. It's Draft, the way you spell it, and then Dummies, just like, you know, um, Basketball for Dummies, the books that used to come out back in the day. Yep. Um, so we're going to touch on Ochai Agbaji from Kansas. He is scheduled for a workout this week. Ty Ty Washington is also scheduled for a workout this week, but we'll probably get to his breakdown next week. Dyson Daniels as well. So there's a, there's a lot of guys that the Wizards are bringing, for, bringing in for workouts. Um, but just to get some background on Ochai before we get started. So he was, he had a lot of accolades. He's six foot five, 210 pounds, senior out of Kansas, uh, was won the, won the NCAA championship this past year was the outstanding player in the NCAA tournament, all American, the big 12 player of the year, big 12 tournament, MVP, um, all big 12 tournament. I mean, he, he won every award that you could basically, basically get 18 points a game, five boards, one assist. In 39 games, um, this was his best year by far as a senior. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on where where do you have Ochai on your big board? I have him right now at 23, I think. So a little bit lower than when where the Wizards are going to be picking, but they're bringing him in to work out. Maybe you never know. A, a guy could end up slipping. I don't think he slips into the second round. Maybe the Wizards move up, but... Either way, an interesting prospect, and I've got it pulled up. So let me give you his measurements at the NBA Combine. He measured 6'5.75", so just about 6'6", with shoes, with a 6'10.25 wingspan. So, uh, you know, solid length there at like plus 4.5 wingspan. So your prototypical size on the wing, and I think kind of that's the hope for him is that he's, you know, whether he's like the 2, 3, that he can come in, defend some wings, probably not big enough to defend the bigger wings in the NBA, whether it's like a LeBron Giannis, not going to be quite that level of defender, but a guy you can put on the majority of twos and threes. And then the hope is that he can shoot it as well as he did last year. 
um, shot. Uh, if you check his synergy profile shot, a ridiculous 45% on catch and shoot threes. Any NBA team could use that type of like just uh, three point shooting from range off the catch. So if that's something he does provide now, it's a little bit of a question because the free throw percentages have been pretty low for him consistently and four year player at Kansas. So, so he is an older prospect. It took him you know, probably two years by his junior year, he started shooting it better. And so the translation there is a little bit of a question mark, but his senior year, he did shoot the ball really well. Like you said, garnered just about every accolade you could get in college basketball. All American won the national championship was arguably the best player on their team. And so the hope is that he can come in, fill a role on the wing, defend and then shoot from three. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah, definitely a lot of accolades. He brings shooting to the Wizards. The Wizards were bottom five and three-point percentage uh, shooting the three. So he could definitely provide that to them and some athleticism as well. I saw one of your tweets said you've ranked your upperclassmen. Where do you uh, have him in upperclassmen? Uh, let me pull. Because I actually have that tweet as well. You know, I don't want to okay, search for I... it. You have um, yeah. Jake LaRavia at number one, who's 23 yeah. years old. Is he 23 years old? No, so he's actually oh, no, he's... younger. Yeah, so... Oh, that's, some... your, that's your big board number. You have him 23. I have him 23, higher. yeah. But yeah, it is 24. interesting because some um, people thought he was like 22, and then mm-hmm. people on the internet did some uh, research and like talked to his mom, and it turns out he's two years younger than they thought. So interesting little tidbit there, there for right. you. Um, but yeah, I can just pull up my board, I guess. So I had I had Akbaji second, right, in the tweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so after LaRavia. Yeah, it's interesting, though. I have a lot of those guys bunched really close. Jalen Williams, who's been a, a big riser out of Santa Clara, and then EJ Liddell and Christian Brown, who was teammates with Akbaji at Kansas, I also like. So I had him second there. And let me give you one other kind of interesting stat that I found yesterday as I was going through some numbers. Uh, over the last 15 years, only four guys, uh, only four college basketball players in a season have ever put up 35 dunks and 83 point makes. And wow. the four guys are Lonzo Ball, Mikal Bridges, Benedict Matherin from this year, who might be a guy that you might discuss later as a potential target at number 10. And then Ogbaji this year was the fourth guy there. So, I mean, Lonzo and Mikal, two like solid kind of wing defenders that uh, you're hoping Agbaji can be. And then Matherin, a really good prospect this year. So that kind of been an interesting, fun little random stat there. I don't know how much you want to read into it, but fun stat I thought I'd share nonetheless. Hopefully he can join, you know, like Alonzo and a Mikal Bridges in a similar role defending and shooting on the wing. Definitely. Yeah, he's in a good class there, a good group of guys. I just think, I just feel like he's a, a super, super high floor, very, low ceiling guy i mean maybe he yeah. could develop into um you know you you look at your desmond baines of the world you know dylan brooks guys who are upper class when they come in and control. he just feels like a grizzlies type of guy i feel like yeah. if he was drafted the grizzlies he would just fit in perfectly <laughs> or even in the miami he the miami Heat, they get a lot of undrafted yeah. or um upperclassmen guys and they they always work out for the miami Heat yeah. for some reason um their developmental system um but yeah that's a great i love his athleticism i love the three-point shooting i really feel like he could um, fit with the Wizards, but I do want to get into more of his offensive game, you know, his strengths and weaknesses. 
Uh, but before we do get into that, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. We have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 ticket master gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so offensively about his game, he – he looking at the numbers, the um, the regular numbers from, you know, basketball reference, you know, his three-point percentage, you know, it of course it went up every year. It was 30% his freshman year, 33% his sophomore year. 37% his junior year, and then 40% this past year. Do you see the three-point percentage translating to the NBA level? And how do you like his shooting form? Is there anything that you would tweak? Like, is there a weird, funky – well, I wouldn't call A.J. Griffin's wide base <laughs> funky, but is there anything yeah. unorthodox? Um, Good question. I was just pulling up the synergy numbers as well to go with that. So – I'll just give you a quick rundown. This past year on catch and shoots, 45%. The year before, 38. Year before that, 38. Year before that, 29. So you can see kind of that that um, improvement in that trajectory that he was on. Again, 45% on, on catch and shoot is like an elite number. Uh, the question is, a lot of people like to use the free throw percentage as kind of like a touch indicator. And that's always been a little bit lower for him. Let's see, I've got that. Career 71%, but his first two first three years, he was in the high 60s. That's kind of a lower indicator for him as well. And just when it comes, I do value youth. And that's why, like you saw in that tweet, I, like I have all the upperclassmen more in the 20s this year. I don't think there's like, I think there's some interesting upperclassmen, but none that I expect to be like a Desmond Bain level player, for example. And generally my rule of thumb on that is like, if you're not considered to be a real NBA prospect by the end of your sophomore season, your second year in college, chances are it's very unlikely you're going to be more than just a role player in the NBA. That's just kind of how it goes. Youth in the draft is important. And so I, I've, I do value that. And that's why I have him a little bit lower than consensus, kind of in the mid 20s, as opposed to like the teens. And in terms of well, we can get into the rest of his offensive game if you want. One thing that jumps out to me, you can kind of give me your thought on this, is even by his senior season this past year, very little self-created offense. In fact, in isolation last year, he only took eight total shots and made one. 
So there, there just isn't really any self-creation there. That's just not something he's done. Uh, a little bit of shooting like off of screens and off movement, but and he's a really good cutter as well. But most of his offense is going to be within the flow. It's going to be hitting catch and shoot shots, maybe run off a screen or two, and maybe a little bit of cutting. Uh, but if he does shoot well enough in catch and shoot and defense, that's really what you need from him as a role player. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you about his self creation. You know, how much, you know, is he a guy that you can give the ball to and just say, hey, go create a shot for yourself? Or is he more reliant, you know, similar to Corey Kispert or a Reggie Bullock or a Joe Harris, Doug McDermott, guys like that? Or, you know, Ben McLemore is a 3 and D guy. Yeah. Or I really see a lot of Robert Covington in him, too, you know. Um, because I know, you know, he struggled off pull-up jumpers and then his assist to turnover ratio isn't great. That's not going to be his calling card, but, you know, you did just answer, you know, or if the Wizards draft him, would they expect him to, you know, create and score by himself, which I don't think the Wizards necessarily need because Bradley Bill is going to get the ball a lot and Porzingis is going to have the ball a lot as well. They just need guys that can really space the floor. Yeah, I think he can do that. Again, the numbers one for eight in isolation this year, which is frankly just crazy that he only took eight shots in isolation. And then the pull-up number you talked about took a fair number of just one or two dribble pull-ups. So like in total, he shot 101 pull-ups and only made 27. So again, that's really not good for a guy that's been in college that long at that point. So like none of the self-creation indicators are really there. And if that doesn't hit by your fourth year in college, that's not something you're going to be counted on to do in the NBA. But like I said, the cutting, really good, 97th percentile, excellent synergy, a ton of possessions as like a cutter. And then just spot up shooting uh, in spot up, he ranked in the 90th percentile, which is like really, really good. So more of the role player aspects of offense is where he shined. And I expect that to continue in the NBA. Definitely. And, and that's what the Wizards could certainly use. They need guys who can just stay out of the because the offense is, mo- is mainly going to be focused with Pratt and Przingis. Um, but I wanted to talk about his athleticism. Uh, he His athleticism does pop off the screen, the alley-oop in the Big 12 yeah. tournament, um, some lobs. Uh, where do you rank him athletically in this draft? And do you see his athleticism translating to the NBA in, in a positive way? Yeah, so like that stat I shared about like all the dunks and then like the three point mm-hmm. makes. So, you know, we can debate whether that means much, but the the point of it is a combination of like physical, you know, athleticism at the college age, at the college level to get those dunks combined with shooting. Like usually you don't find guys that are really good vertical athletes that can also shoot. And so hopefully that's a rare combination. That's something he was able to do in college. And so, um, I just want to pull the, the final number up on him. You know, 37 dunks, that's really solid. What mm-hmm. I will say, though, is another number that I read a lot into are like the activity metrics. So the block and steal rates are usually pretty good indicators of how uh, like athleticism is going to translate. Again, nothing's one for one. It's just a little bit of a proxy. That's something that he hasn't really ever done. He's never been a blocks or steals guy at the college level. And so that that is a little bit of a worry for me on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the thing that I like to say when we project defense to the next level is the number one thing that translates is like physical tools, especially length, which, you know, he has that for a two. And then 
the other thing is these activity rates because you, you just want to see uh, the ability to have that athleticism to actually get blocks and steals. That's what's going to translate. The point is we see a lot of guys in college kind of float in and out, whether it's like a Ben Simmons, a Clay Thompson. But if they have the physical tools and they buy in in the NBA level, those are the guys that can be legit difference makers. And so I don't think he's like on that level where he's going to be an all NBA level guy. I also will say, I think he's a little bit better as a vertical athlete, like rising up for those alley-oops just around the rim. He moves his feet well, but he's not, he's not as elite in that shuffling side to side, keeping guys in front. And he's not as elite kind of reading passing lanes, jumping passes, getting steals, getting in the passing lane, stuff like that. So I don't see him, in other words, as a guy you're going to stick on the opposing team's point guard, like the quickest guards. Uh, more of like the twos and threes, I think, will be the guys that you'll see Agbaji probably guarding in the NBA. Definitely, yeah, I think he does have that elite athleticism. The Wizards were ranked bottom five. We're 20 season defensive efficiency um, last year, so they could definitely use Ochai, his athleticism there. Um, yeah. I do think, you know, I, I want to say it was the Final Four game where he had, you know, some steals and some tip passes that definitely led to some fast breaks, him and Christian Brown or Christian Braun um, in transition. But um, I do want to get to uh, more of the defensive side of the ball and where he's ranked compared to the previous three drafts of Washington Wizards before. But before we do get into that, this episode is brought to you by Sakara. Feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious plant-rich transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. True Radiance starts on your plate. Made with high-quality organic ingredients, Sakara's plant-rich transformational nutrition programs are, ex- are expertly designed to deliver real results from reduced bloat and ease digestion to clear skin and boosted energy and moods. Looking and feeling your best shouldn't mean deprivation. Instead, choose joy and abundance. Sakara's organic plant-rich transformational nutrition programs are designed to help you cultivate body intelligence so you can nourish your body and experience the results you want. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first Order when they go to sakaracom slash locked on 20 or enter code locked on 20 at checkout. That's Sakara, S A K A R A dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash locked on 20. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so if the Wizards picked Ochai at pick 10, do you think, I mean, I guess, you know, you would think that would be a little too high, but where do you see where do you see him fitting on the Washington Wizards roster? Do you think he would be able to crack that starting lineup as uh, I think I was talking to you last time where mm-hmm. Tommy Shepard said it's um, hard for rookies to come in and crack, crack the rotation. But, you know, Danny started year one. Rui started year one. Troy Brown got a couple of starts his rookie season. 
Uh, but where do you see Ochai fitting in the Wizards rotation his rookie season? And also, do you think pick 10 would be a reach for Ochai Agbaji? I think I would envision something similar to what Kispert did last year, where um, I don't know the number of games he started, but ended up getting more minutes as the season went on and was certainly a part of the rotation. Uh, you know, I have him in, I have him ranked lower, so I would think it would be a bit of a reach to take him at number 10. Maybe you can trade back. Maybe you could trade up from the second round. Maybe he slips somehow into the second round. I think that is unlikely. But I think, though, if you're drafting a four-year player out of college, you have to expect him to contribute right away. This isn't like a project. This isn't like taking a guy after his freshman year. He's already an older prospect, similar to Corey Kispert. If you take him, you got to play him now. You got to expect him to at least be able to contribute something. And so in terms of, you know, you talked about ranking him compared to the other other, you know, recent draft picks defensively, I would certainly rank him above Kispert due to the physical tools. He's a little bit better of a vertical athlete, and I think probably a little bit stronger too. Um, and I think was a better defender in college probably than Kispert though. After watching Kispert, I think you'd probably admit that he's a little bit, he's kind of a sneaky athlete, which we say for a lot of the white guys had a couple, <laughs> uh, a couple nice dunks last mm -hmm. year. Um, and in terms of Rui, like Rui has the physical tools. I've just always been a bit lower on his IQ and his feel in terms of making the rotations, being in the right spots. Like if you just want to put somebody on a guy one-on-one, -on -one, he's got the physical tools to do that. Um, but I, I would rank up Agbaji over him due to those reasons. And then I would take Denny though. I'd be interested to hear uh, what you've thought about Denny as a defender, but coming in, I thought mm. Denny's biggest strength was his defense because of his size. And I think he actually moves his feet really well. And he plays pretty tough for a guy his size as well at like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, and so I would actually rank Denny number one among those guys. Is that what you've seen? Uh, or would you disagree with that based on what you've seen uh, actually in his time in the NBA? Yeah, a lot of the viewers and people in the comments are not going to like what I say, but um, Corey, yeah, Corey Kisper, he does remind me of Billy Howell from White Men Can't Jump. So there is the stereotype that, you know, about, about you know, guys can't jump. But um, about Rui and Denny and Kisper, so far, I think Rui has contributed the most. Um, okay. You know, he's had a playoff game where he's had a double-double. He had 20 points and 13 rebounds against the Philadelphia 76ers in mm -hmm. game four four where we pushed it to game five it's still a gentleman sweep um but to yeah, answer your question i think Rui has a skill that you can point to offensively Corey does too but he hasn't been a consistent shooter yet he shot 35 percent from the three-point line but it didn't come on until late until after really the trade deadline when dinwiddie was traded and, and harold and all the other guys and we consolidated the roster mm -hmm. um so and then denny he really has to work on his left hand i think he's defensively he's the best one out of all three by far um but offensively denny you know he was he shot 63 percent around the rim which was below kispert and below Rui. um yeah. he actually shot worse than hollow Neto at the rim um as field field goal percentage and um through 82 games he shot the worst field goal percentage of 42 percent um of wings so he has a lot yeah. to work on offensively but i think in his i think he's the best passer out of the three Rui has tunnel vision yeah. Corey's not known as a, as a playmaker. Corey is, is a shooter. That's what he's supposed to be out there. Um, so to for a short answer, 
I think Rui is the most polished offensively. I think he's the strongest out of the three. Um, he just has to get more of a motor and more aggressive. Defensively, yeah. he was bad this year, and he's not much of a passer. You know, he's just yeah. more of a scorer. So, but Denny's ceiling is probably the highest out of everybody out of the three. Um, it's probably higher than Agbaji's as well. But Agbaji, yeah. um, being a two-way player, I think he's the best two-way player out of all three guys that we have on the Wizards. Yeah, I, I agree. Sounds like we're in the same boat. I was looking at just exclusively defense. So I, oh, I agree defense, with okay. Denny. I agree with, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so I agree with Denny being number one. And then kind of take your pick between Kisper and and Rui. Like similarly, Rui kind of has tunnel vision offensively and defensively. He's not the most aware. I think you mm. yourself said just right. pretty disappointing last year defensively. Kisper doesn't quite have the physical tools to always make the impact, though. So it's like, take your pick there. So I'd take Agbaji over those two, but I'd take Denny defensively. And then offensively, like you said, Denny's got the higher ceiling because of the playmaking a little mm. bit and like the passing. He's got to finish better. And I think he, I've seen film of him working on his shot this offseason, trying to speed it up and be more consistent. Uh, so I trust, or I would value his ceiling because I think if it hits, there's more there. But I think Agbaji is the more likely to be the, just the shooter that they need combined with the defense. So kind of the more of the ready-made uh, role player toolkit that you're getting with Agbaji there. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, Agbaji is, is the most polished one where you're, you're getting what you're getting. You're getting what you're expecting. You know, you're not hoping you know denny you picked him at the ninth pick he's he was supposed to be the still of the draft which i think he still can be i think he has somewhat of that ceiling but with ochai you're like hey we're getting a good player we're getting a desmond bain kind of guy we're getting a max Struess kind of guy who's going to contribute in the playoffs he's not going to be on the bench for sure he's going to have real impact he's going to have a couple games where he'll have like 25 points and the next game he might have 10 and then he'll just be very steady eddie kind of guy very consistent um if you get desmond bain or um, Dylan Brooks, any of those guys, I think that would, or Reggie Bullock, um, yeah. I think that would be a, a really good signing for the Wizards. A pick 10, it's you want to get more of a swing with more upside yeah. there, but I think for the Wizards, fit next to Bradley Bill, I think Ochai would definitely fit in perfectly, or or some like kind of like what you get with KCP, a yeah. 3 and D guy right now. So, um, Last question with Ochai. Um, what's the, where are some of the best fits for you with him and best case scenario for him? And uh, who are some comparisons? And um, do you see any – what's the swing skill for him? I know it's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what's the swing skill? And then um, who's the best case scenario comparison for Ochai? So the comp I had coming in was like a KCP, but I'll also use – you threw out Reggie Bullock. I think that's another one. Whichever of kind of like the shooting guard, shooting guard sized three point shooter, kind of three and D type wings are the guys that he reminds me of. And uh, in terms of fit, did you mean within the Wizards roster or like another team in the NBA? Where another I think team fit as well. Another yeah, team. Another team too. Um, let me pull up. I got Tankathon open. I mean, kind of the benefit with him, like I don't draft or I would not draft a player. Uh, like exclusively based on fit. I'm more of a guy that goes for best player available or even like the ceiling, the high end outcomes, but the benefit with him, right. Is not the fit, but it's his scalability, which when I use that word, I mean, 
the ability to fit in any situation, right? Because he guards and he shoots. Any team can use a wing that can shoot and guard. And so that's one of his biggest pros as a prospect is you don't like you don't have to bend your team to fit around him. He fits around your stars like a, a like a Brad Beal and a Porzingis. You plug him in there. He defends the other team's guard or wing, and then he shoots when he's open and can play off that a little bit. Uh, the swing skill with him, though, would be two things. It'd be uh, just to what level the shooting comes, and I know it's annoying because swing skill with over half the prospects is the jumper. And the question is, he shot it so well last year, but. It took him a while to get to that level and he never shot free throws well. And he's not a guy that to me just stands out as having like incredible touch as well. So he's not like a natural shooter by any means. So to what level does that uh, shooting translate to all the way out to the NBA line? And then um, the quickness of the release, like is he able to get it off quickly and get get off a lot of volume to be an effective three-point shooter? And then when teams do close out to him. Is he good enough to take two dribbles and make the right pass or make that pull-up jumper? Because, you know, we talked about earlier in this show, not a lot of self-creation. He's not a very good passer either. Like the feel is just okay. Is he going to be good enough at that thing where in the NBA, when he gets run off the three-point line, can he make a play or hit a shot off of that? That's kind of the difference between like your standard three and D guy and maybe seeing, is there just a little bit more there? Because like we've seen in the playoffs a lot, like shooting is important, but if you can just run a guy off the three-point line and there's nothing else there, then it becomes really hard to play a guy like that in like higher leverage situations. Right. And I thought of some other prospects that were, you know, older, some upperclassmen that have played well recently. Sadiq Bey was an Mm -hmm. upperclassman. Chris Duarte last year. How did you have him ranked? Because I know he was a senior. I was a little higher on him, but he was like even older too. So uh, the reason I was higher on him is because I uh, I was higher on him a year before. And so I kind of knew that he was a little bit older, but I was higher on him as a prospect earlier. And the combination of the shooting, but he was a little bit further along than Agbaji as a ball handler and passer. Like the, the two dribble pull up was something he did really well compared to a guy like Agbaji. So had a little bit more juice off the dribble, in other words, in my opinion. Uh, and that was the difference is just the more all around offensive game. And Chris Duarte went higher. I think he went for, uh, 12, 13. I think he went four, uh, 40, yeah. uh, 13. 13. Yeah. Cause the yeah. Warriors took Moody at 14 Moody right after that. Yeah. So uh, I do prefer Duarte offensively and then defensively it's really close, but those are interesting comparisons to think about in terms of, you know, upperclassmen. Right. Yeah, but Sam, I just want to thank you for coming on, and I just want to thank you guys for listening. Making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NBA from the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the NBA Finals. Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Sam, before you leave, I know we forgot last time about the Finals. Who do you have? (laughs) I mean, I don't talk about it much because what I do is all draft related. So I want to keep it to that. But I am a really big Warriors fan. I try not to talk about it much. Stick to my draft stuff. My dad and I have always been big Warriors fans. So not been uh, a great start. I'm not confident. The Celtics have been the better team. Steph has looked awesome and they're still down 2-1 is kind of the worry. 
but the size and the athleticism has been just overwhelming for the Celtics. Combine that with their hot shooting, it's tough. The Warriors need a lot more from Draymond Green if they're going to have a chance to get back in this series. Yeah, they need more from him than him just being on a podcast after every game. You know, yeah. Uh, What was it yesterday? Two points, four rebounds, three assists. Like (laughs) he's got a man up, grab some rebounds. Like uh, there was some stat that I saw. I think like uh, Kevin O'Connor from the ringer that like opponents are scoring like 1.2 points per possession, whatever it was, but just really bad. He said no impact defensively, which is not great. So things have got to change. The Celtics probably have to like get tight and start missing shots for the Warriors to really have a good chance to get back in this. Cause they're, I mean, they're so athletic, big, and just have so many guys that can hurt you. But when they're shooting like this, they're really, really tough to beat. So. Right. Yeah. And you're not a bandwagon fan. You're a fan when Andres Beadrens was the starting center. Yep. Yep. My dad's from the Bay area. So went back, been to games back at Oracle, uh, always been a big Steph Curry fan going back to his days at Davidson. So I've been around for a while, but the last few years of being a Warriors fan have been enjoyable for sure. So, yeah. but thank you. Um, is there anything you want to plug before we wrap up? Oh yeah, you can follow me at Draft Dummies. I know some of your listeners probably do already, but a lot of just my draft thoughts, some of the stats that I shared today that are kind of fun. I, I like to share a lot of clips, both of prospects, and then next year uh, when these guys become rookies, I'll still follow them as well as next year's class. And then I'll be at events like the Summer League to kind of give you the scoop and give you some of the uh, my thoughts there as well. So that's what I do year-round is a lot of draft stuff. So if you're looking for that over the next few weeks or even looking forward to next year, uh, I would appreciate uh, a follow on Twitter at Draft Dummies. Yep. All right. Thank you, Sam, for coming on. Make sure you guys listen to uh, Sam and follow him on Twitter. Just want to make sure you guys have a good weekend. Make sure you guys subscribe to Locked On Wizards on YouTube and hit the notification bell. Hail to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.